Welcome to On the Scene Podcast. I'm Heather Harrison. And I'm Emma Dodson. And we're breaking down Mississippi's top headlines. We will bring you breaking news, pop culture, and hot takes. Coming from the desk of two Reflector editors, we'll share our favorite news of the week with you. We're On the Scene, reflecting on Mississippi's top stories. Hey guys, welcome Welcome back. back. Today we have special guests. We have the Poes on the pod. Yay! So this is Dr. Philip Poe and this is Miss Lindsay Poe. Why don't you all introduce yourselves? Go ahead. Sure. I'm Lindsay Poe and I am an instructor here on campus in the Department of Geosciences. I teach the broadcast meteorology classes. I've also taught in the Department of Communication. First three years I was here. That's how I met Philip. (laughs) I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, But that's me and I'm his his wife, and we have two kids, so. Two wonderful children. Uh, I'm Philip Poe, I'm an associate professor in the Department of Communication, uh, and I'm the coordinator for the print and digital journalism concentration. And I've been in the department 11 years, and I am Lindsay's husband. (laughs) Both of y'all have taught a bunch of people, I'm sure, especially if you're in the communication field, you've probably taken Dr. Poe's class. And so we thought that y'all would be the perfect couple to have on our show today because you're so well-known on campus. You can't really go anywhere without hearing a Poe name, honestly. (laughs) That's funny. That's sort of news to me. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Secretly like you. I guess we'll start with the very beginning. What colleges did you two attend? What majors did you have? What made you kind of interested in those majors? Sure, I'll go first. Mm I am from South Carolina, so I went to the University of South Carolina for my undergraduate degree um, in journalism and mass communication. And then I came here for my master's degree in geosciences. Um, I knew from a young age that I was interested in the weather because I was scared of storms, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty common story for students in our department. Um, I was terrified and then learned that it's better to not be scared, but to learn about what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so I decided in my journalism degree that I really didn't want to be a reporter because it was just, I didn't want to be a vulture. That's what I thought like <laughs> <was>, right? <laughs> and I liked the weather. So my instructor during my capstone class said, hey, if you want to do weather on TV, go to Mississippi State. So I came here and I graduated. My master's degree in 2009, in the middle of the recession, which is a terrible time to try to get a job, um, ended up getting a job in TV in Bowling Green, Kentucky, worked there for a couple of years, and then found my way back here through a mentor that I had and had kept in touch with. Oh, nice. Did you enjoy your time in Bowling Green at the TV station? I did, yeah. It's, it's a tough field, you know, and it's even harder now with social media, and so... Um, I'm not particularly envious of folks going into the TV industry, although I teach them. (laughs) (laughs) What a great message for us. (laughs) Um, But I liked my time because I was was single. I could go do an experience and have an adventure um, and be poor and work multiple jobs to try to make ends meet because it was the time in my life that I... I could do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the exciting part about TV is when you're young, you can go anywhere. Um, plus, it's basically like a northern suburb of Nashville, which I learned when I was there, and it has pretty much everything, right? It's like mm-hmm. 45 minutes from downtown Nashville. Bowling Green um, is? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good location. Um, 
So yeah, I did. I mean, I enjoyed my time, but now, especially having a family, it's it's a hard shift. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Now you can give your bio if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm originally from Houston, Texas, uh, but I grew up in Henderson, Texas, which is a small town in Northeast Texas, close to Tyler. Went to University of Houston for my undergrad and uh, majored in, I don't even know what it was called, communication journalism, that's what we <laughs> called it. Wanted to be on TV, wanted to work in sports, had an opportunity internship-wise to do that. Got a job as a producer for Fox Sports Southwest. It really oh. wasn't really for me. Um, mm-hmm. And one of those things, one thing that I discovered is, you know, they always say make your, make your hobby your job. I disagree with that mm. because if your hobby becomes your job, then you lose your hobby. Uh, and it got to a point where I didn't want to go cover an Astros game. I didn't want to go to Houston Rockets practice. So I didn't have any interest in it in, in sort of as a, a pastime anymore. So I decided, oh, I, I still like sports. So I moved into college athletics and I worked in, in athletic video at Houston and then I decided, well, maybe I'll get a master's degree because I'm not doing anything else. So why not just spend a bunch of money and get a master's degree while you're working? So I did that. Lots of odd jobs, mostly media-related, freelance stuff. Worked some in public relations. And uh, through a contact at essentially one of those freelance jobs, I learned about graduate school and, and getting a PhD. And this this person thought, oh, you, you work well with students. You ought to go be a professor. And I thought, well, I haven't really considered that before. So... Uh, pursued that, ended up at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, got my PhD there, and then job came open here, and I moved to Starkville, sight unseen. I accepted the job before I'd ever set foot in Starkville. I've been to Mississippi a lot, but mm-hmm. never really anywhere north of I-20, because mm-hmm. we pretty much just passed through on 20. Yeah. Uh, so took the job because it was the best job available, and here we are. And what was that Stayed. position? It was uh, assistant professor okay. in, in communication but they wanted someone to teach the news writing mm-hmm. class uh, and I had worked at Texas Tech as a, a lab instructor and then sort of taught it on my own one summer and so I had basically an internship in the news writing class and so if you really hate news writing here well you have my mentor Robert Wernsman to blame because I teach it the way he taught <laughs> it was really good so I, I sort of carry on that legacy of, of the way we administer the class and, mm-hmm. and run things, and, and uh, they keep asking me back, so I guess it works okay. <laughs> your results may vary. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were good results. Both of you worked in the field, which is a great experience to bring into the classroom. So how did you decide to use those skills and come into the classroom and not continue in your career? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was a TA when I was in school at Mississippi State, and I really enjoyed the aspect of teaching, helping you grow, right? Like seeing you come into a class and really not know how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, you're telling a much better story. And if I had any part of that, boy, that felt really good, right? And so I also taught part-time when I was on camera in Bowling Green, still feeling the same way, but I was teaching like public speaking classes. Mm-hmm. like not that exciting right um and so when i came back here through karen brown she actually works at at the university too and her husband she's my advisor yeah is mike brown who works in my department so they're another 
couple that's Our here couple. on campus. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she told me about the position in the Department of Communication. It was an instructor position. It was a one-year-only one position. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I really want to do this because it was teaching broadcast classes, so TV mm-hmm. production. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was teaching a writing class and performance. Yeah, broadcast performance. And I was just, I have to do this. This is my foot into higher education as a full-time position. On my way home to South Carolina, because I came, I mean, not sight unseen because I'd gone to grad school Mm -hmm. here, but I came, accepted the position, found an apartment, and then had to go get all my stuff. Um, On the way out of town, the department head at the time called and said, well, I think this is actually going to be like full time, like more than a year. Are you still interested in it? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the best news ever. Um, so I was over there for three years, and then I got asked back to geosciences because my mentor and instructor ended up leaving that department and taught me. So they sort of poached me, I guess, from the Department mm-hmm. of Communication, which was wonderful because I was getting to go back into weather, mm-hmm. be a, a weather geek, and also teach. And so that was very exciting. Long story short, I didn't answer your question at all. <laughs> um, I, I don't teach out of a textbook. You know, everything I talk about in my class is what I learned, mm-hmm. what I have learned from seeing my students go through all of it, the job process, working in the industry, whatnot. So I feel like that's the best way to lead a class, right? Mm-hmm. It's not from a textbook. This isn't textbook stuff. This is real world stuff. And... So having that experience, I think, really benefits benefits me and the students. Yeah. Yeah. When I was at Houston uh, working in athletics, I had a, a staff of students, you know, four or five students who they did cameras for us, they ran graphics for us because we we were responsible for what they call coaches' video. Basically, we filmed practices of various sports and we filmed games, and then we also did live production, like game day production in the stadium, in the basketball arena. Mm-hmm. It was always a kind of a rotating group of students. And it just was, you know, I was sort of a mentor, sort of a coach, sort of a supervisor, uh, sort of a teacher. And I, I just really enjoyed that experience of, of kind of guiding students through that process of, the, it's not magic, you can do it. You gotta get comfortable with technology mm-hmm. and then you gotta just sort of put yourself out there. And it's something I really enjoy and that sort of led me into, well, how can I do this best professionally? Mm-hmm. And for what I wanted to do, that was pursue the PhD so that I could get a, a tenure track permanent kind of faculty job somewhere. And, and then that led me to Texas Tech at grad school and then the job opened here. And so I, I try to, um, you know, I, I don't really teach out of a textbook either. Uh, I consider sort of the world, the current events, the textbook. Mm-hmm. But there are fundamentals that that are really unchanged from when I learned to write news and I and I still rely on those and I still think about what I learned when I was an undergrad and, mm-hmm. and lessons from when I wrote for the my college newspaper and yearbook and things like that so it's a I think it's a process of bringing your own experience in your own perceptions but also really staying up to date on what's happening in, in the industry. And, mm-hmm. and, and that really means if you, if you can't sort of go be in the industry, you've got to really stay tuned in to what's going on and, and what are the current trends, because those are the things that students need to sort of fill in those gaps. You know, mm-hmm. okay, I've got the skills. How do you get a job in 
2022? Right. How is that even working? And and without the ability to say, okay, here's how I get a job in 2022, you really got to try to stay plugged in, whether that's mm-hmm. going to conferences or, you know, staying involved on listservs and message boards and, and talking to to faculty and, and professionals who, who sort of come through campus. I think a lot of that is it's an important part of what we do mm-hmm. to sort of maintain that connection between kind of the, the, the academic, because I don't, we're not trying to be a trade school, but there is a trade school aspect mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Like you've got to learn these fundamental skills, mm-hmm. you, these what we might call hard skills, mm-hmm. but then you got to complement those with the quote unquote soft skills, which I reject that term because there's nothing soft about them, but mm-hmm. that's the, the common terminology. Okay, yeah. So do you think that having the real world experience helped you how you teach your class? You both kind of answer that in a way. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. I don't know how you would teach what we teach without at least some personal experience in the well to go to. You You learn so much working, so much more than you learn in the classroom in any sense. And so... Um, doing it on a regular basis, working all the shifts, understanding how that feels, um, I wouldn't be able to do right. without that. Yeah. Do you also think that having that real-world experience for yourself helped you relate more with your students? Yeah, absolutely, because we know part of what they're going to go through, right? Even though it's totally different, the industry landscape has shifted a lot it's a 24-7 job for people in news, on air, social media has just exploded that. And um, But if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't be able to relate to some of the feelings that they're going to have and the highs and the lows that mm-hmm. they're going to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% what she said. <laughs> now we can get to when y'all met. So we'll, we'll set the, the reason we're here. Yes. I'll ask all of that. Now, I guess you can set the stage. What year is it? <laughs> what year was it? 2011. 2011. That's when we started. Both yeah. here Both at State? Here. We yeah. met at new faculty orientation. So mm-hmm. when you're, yeah, when you're first hired, everybody gets to sit through an orientation of you know, what, what we do here at Mississippi State, and we just happened to be sitting at the same table. And um, he found out that I had worked on air as a meteorologist and told me that he really liked weather girls. <laughs> <laughs> or something along oh, those lines. And that kind of made me angry. <laughs> but, you know, like, in an interesting sort of good way, I was interested in who this person was <laughs> and whatnot. Um, I don't know, chime in if you want to. One thing led, led to another, and we ended up having offices like two doors down from each other in McComas. So, so that's how we met. Let me tell the real story. <laughs> New faculty orientation. It's in the Grisham room in the library. So you go up that grand staircase in the mm-hmm. middle of the library. I don't know, let's say it started at 9 a.m. So I'm walking in at 9 a.m. exactly. Uh, Lindsay probably had been there for 30 minutes waiting around for something to start because that's <laughs> how she operates and that's how I operate. As I'm coming up the stairs, I look to my left and sort of leaning over the, the railing on the landing right there outside the Grisham room, I see this stunning blonde. And I said to myself, this is God's honest truth, I said to myself, I bet she's on the phone with her boyfriend and I bet I'm going to break him up. Oh. <laughs> 
It's half true. I didn't break them up. She broke up with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you had a boyfriend? I did. I had a boyfriend. She at the always time. has a boyfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not, Not now. Not anymore. <laughs> Not that you know of anyway. <laughs> Um, I was. I don't know if I was on the phone with him or not, but I did have a boyfriend, and that's a very poetic story. It's true, you though. told it's, it at our wedding, too. Um, it's absolutely true. I, that was my first thought when I saw her. Uh, and, of course, I wasn't thinking anything else. I was just thinking I'm, I'm, a, I'm attracted to her, right? She's attractive and, you know, lizard brain. <laughs> that's what I thought. And it, the story's not that clean, right? It, you know, it right. took time. There are fits and starts. And of course. That's how these things go. But I, I think that initial feeling is still there. Mm-hmm. I, I still think she's hot, you know? <laughs> and, you know. Like I said, lizard brain. Oh, that's funny. No, that, that did happen. But we ended up at the same table, too. Yeah. I mean, we were sitting catty corner from each other. and um, We got in the same small group. We got in the same small group. Uh, just purely on accident. <laughs> Wow, the stars really aligned. They did, did. yeah. They did. And it, it was, you know, being two doors down from each other was probably not the best thing um, in the long run. Yes, like you said, it, you know, nothing is ever that easy. And we definitely got off to a little bit of a rocky start. Probably my fault because uh, as soon as he showed any interest, I was like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the creepiest thing to do, especially to a grown man. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, it worked out. All's well that ends well. Oh, right? yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And we've been married for coming up on seven years now. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, the, her move to geoscience is probably one of the best things that happened to us relationship wise because there is while it's I like the fact that we're we're sort of on the same team and, and we're, we're on campus together and we're sort of we, we know we have the same institutional knowledge and all that that's a lot different than being in the same building mm-hmm. being in the same passing each other in the hallway every day I mean like we got enough hallways at home where we pass each other <laughs> that's fine right so I, I think that really sort of helped us because it's it, I, it's tough sort of share the exact same workspace mm-hmm. with someone that you also share the same mm-hmm. home space with. And full credit to people who could do that. I don't know if we could. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know if we could. You know, like we we work well together because we also work well apart. And I think that's an important sort of balance to have in a right. in a relationship. Yeah, I think so. And we were both older when we got married, you know. Um I, I think that's a positive thing. Um, we had been through our dating years. We had been through what we like, what we don't like. And so we could make the decision to be together and be loyal to each other because we were mature enough right. to make that decision. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I, I see a lot of my students going through relationship woes or getting married early, right out of mm-hmm. school, things like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> nope. And, you know, to each their own, but you also have to find yourself in your 20s, and I think that 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 was part of me even early in our relationship. I mean, I was in my mid-20s, and I was a bit immature, you know, coming on strong, and now I look back, and I think I could have played that way way better, way more mature, but um, but yeah. I I think it's a really good point. I mean, I tell students in class, half tongue-in-cheek, like, Whoever you're dating right now, just break up with them. Just right <laughs> Literally, right now, break up with them. If if it's meant to be, it'll happen. But you 
you owe it to yourself to sort of cash in, you know, like you have, you're, you're getting this training, you're getting this experience. Why do you want to immediately limit your boundaries? Why do you want to immediately limit yourself geographically, schedule wise, when it needs to happen, if you're ready for it to happen, it'll happen. But it, you know, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's fair to the person, nor do I think it's fair to the partner to say, well, we're, we've got this training, we've got these dreams, but we're going to immediately put all that on the back burner so that we can get married. You can yeah. always get married. You know? mm-hmm. like, it's, it's legal. You can do yeah. whatever you want. So <laughs> why don't you try to live life? In my experience, people who take that path, and again, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, but people who take that path tend to have a lasting relationship mm-hmm. because she knows who she is and she's comfortable with that and and i know who i am and i'm comfortable with that and we are mm-hmm. comfortable with mm-hmm. each other's who they are because we had an opportunity to figure that out and yeah. become adults and we were two adults who fell in love and got together not two kids you know and, and uh, that's a uh, I, it was important for us and and i encourage people to at least consider that mm-hmm. perspective before you jump in yeah mm-hmm. My mom always gives the same advice, too. She's like, y'all are young. Y'all are in your 20s. Like, enjoy your 20s. Mm-hmm. Don't think about settling down. And I think that's great advice, really. Yeah, I don't want to be stuck here with somebody that I only half like. Okay. <laughs> or that you used to like. Yeah. Yeah. Money, yeah. Right? Like, right. Go make some money. Go get some get money. your feet under you. Like, learn how to pay bills and yeah. build credit and all that stuff. And don't ruin somebody else's along the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know that's what I mean? Point. Make your own money and spend your own money for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a different appreciation of it when you can combine finances mm-hmm. with someone, you know. So once y'all were at MSU and you were dating and got married, what made you want to stay here and stay in Starkville? I mean, I always say the job, the my job in particular is, is unbeatable. There is no better job on the planet, uh, in, and not to make it purely economic concerns, but there <laughs> just is the, <laughs> the lack of hassle combined with the amount of money that that equation is just unbeatable. And so there are times when we thought, oh, well, we... We want to be somewhere more dynamic. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be somewhere more exciting because Lindsay's from cities and I'm from cities mm-hmm. other than my, you know, upbringing in a small town, which is essentially Starkville without Mississippi State. If you subtract Mississippi State from, you come to Starkville in the summertime, that's Henderson, Texas. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. exactly the same. Uh, and I always thought, well, I'm going to get away with that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. But I love the job. Um, I like the people that I'm around, and you know we we sort of have built a life here, and it, and it's almost to the point now where we could go other places. Mm-hmm. Would it be worth the hassle to go somewhere else? I, I don't know. know that it would. I you know, don't know we can go to the beach whenever we want. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he's got a tenured position, so it, it's sort of up to him in that sense, and I'm okay with that. Um, She's making that choice. I'm, yes, I'm making that choice. I understand the choice that I'm making. Although I don't know that I could do this position that I have anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So why would I I leave to go try to find it when it's not really out there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we have a wonderful program. Yeah. And we're, we've got alumni all over the country, and students are getting jobs, and it's... I, yeah. I, I, 
it would have to be really something special for us to leave. Plus, I mean, Starkville's growing, and we like it here, and I think it's a good place to raise a family. Um, so I'm okay yeah. with that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. There, there's something to be said for small-town life, because you do have the, the, the sort of excitement that comes from having from being a college town, you know? Mm-hmm. We kind of live in two different worlds where, you know, eight months out of the year, it's a it's a dynamic place and, and there's always something to do, something going on. And then four months out of the year, it's a nice little small town where we can go hang out in the cotton district if we want to. <laughs> and we don't worry about running into students a thousand drunken students that we know and maybe we want to be drunk too. <laughs> so it, 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 it is a nice balance and... and Starkville has really grown. I remember when we first moved here, we had a, a, a common friend uh, who was sort of a Starkville lifer up until that point. And I said, man, I can't, you know, this is, what's going on with this place? And he said, you should have seen it 10 years ago. And now people move here and they say, well, I don't know about Starkville. And I said, you should have seen it 10 years ago. <laughs> and then in 10 years from now, they're going to be telling somebody else, you should have seen it 10 years ago. I mean, if you if you chart it out, our trajectory is like this. And that's, mm-hmm. it's cool to be a part of that. It's fun, it you know? It's sort of the last of the SEC college towns. Oxford is a Memphis suburb. College Station is a Houston suburb. Mm-hmm. Athens is essentially an Atlanta suburb. It's a cool town, but it's the kind of the last of the small, yeah. big college, small town experience. There's something to be said for that. You know? yeah. I, I like being a part of that. That is interesting. I never thought of it like that. So next, pivoting into hobbies and things you like to do for fun, Dr. Poe, I know you're in a band. How did you know that? How did you know that? Who told you that? Uh, I guess, what do you think about him being in a band? Do you enjoy music life? Both of y'all, I guess, can just talk about... (laughs) I don't really know how to phrase it, but what what kind of music do y'all enjoy? What do you like about being in a band? What do you think about your husband's band? Anything. (laughs) I got a story to tell. um... No, I think it's, hey, I don't really have any hobbies, so he has most of the hobbies <laughs> in the relationship, and that's fantastic. I mean, I like cooking and baking. I mean, that Before kids, that was sort of like, I would tackle some new fancy recipe, you know, because I had time. Now yeah. I have time. Now our meals are boring. She made but. a king cake last weekend that I still enjoy. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, but I, he definitely got me more in, interested in music when we first started hanging out, like, we went to Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, I wouldn't have pictured cool. y'all at Bonnaroo. Yeah, cool. Um, but I did that to win cool points for sure. It was it sleeping with spiders and things. Oh my it was like not that exciting, but, but that was fun. <laughs> Sorry. I need to see the pictures from this. I'm trying to imagine oh, your outfits. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think there are any. I don't think there are any pictures yeah. either. But he has introduced me to a lot of new music. I've been to way more concerts in the past let's call it 10 years than I have the previous 20 or whatever. Um, I mean, not that my family wasn't into music. My dad was into good music. He's Big time. gave yeah. Philip his record player with nice vinyl selection. Um, and do I like him playing in a band? I mean, he played in a band when I first met him with a friend of ours that broke up because people moved away. And then we got married and had kids, and so it was kind of hard. And I honestly got his first booking at Dave's this last go-round. Oh, wow. She got me back into it. So I like it. 
I want to have a say in what they play because <laughs> I have to sit in the audience. Are you the wife of Jer? I am the yeah. wife of Jer. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's it's nice, and I'm glad he gets to go to go do that. I mean, you have to have a social life, and that's part of his, and mm-hmm. and I get to be a part of it sometimes too if we can find a babysitter. So. Interesting conversation with our four-year-old Lucas this morning. <laughs> he was he, he plays drums, he plays guitar, he likes to make noise. If there's a way to make noise, he's gonna make noise. And, and so he had his little guitar and he was strumming, and I was showing him how to sort of press the strings down to change the sound. He's like, I can't do it, I can't do it. He's like, you gotta press hard, you gotta work at it, you gotta practice. And I said something about, you know, well, what you want to learn to play guitar? He said, Yeah, I want to be a musician. And I said, Well, I'm a musician. He said, you play guitar with Jeremy at a bar. <laughs> I said, well, I get paid. Doesn't that make me a musician? He said, no, you just play guitar at a bar. I said, well, okay. So I'm not, I'm not a musician. No, but he, you are. That's funny. I mean, kids say the darndest things, <laughs> the strangest things sometimes. But Philip, if, if you think that's cool, I mean, he could pick up any instrument and play it. He just understands I come from music. a long line of musicians. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad's side of the family all musically inclined. It was it was anytime there was a family gathering, it was always gonna have some sort of family jam band performance. That's nice. So that's just a tradition I grew up with and, and I, I mean I certainly have an acumen for it. Like I, I'm not the best at anything, but I can do it. And I, I think the key is I'm not scared mm-hmm. to do it. I don't know, it doesn't really embarrass me to do it. Uh, and that that's a big deal, you know, that I'm willing to sort of put myself out there. I mean I'm gonna get the most severe critiques from her anyway. <laughs> so that that's gonna that doesn't change whether I'm playing at Dave's or playing in the piano room. It's gonna you know if if I'm off, I'm gonna hear about it. I respect that, right? Everybody can walk up to me and say, "Oh, you're so good. It was so, I had so much fun. Well, great." Let me ask Lindsay. Really? Well, that was good. That one wasn't so good. Well, there are that some one, you know. songs that are in your range, and there are some songs that aren't. That's the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. But he can pick. I mean, you you name a song. He can play it on the guitar, you know. Wow. And he might look up some of the... the future activity for you when I start showing up. <laughs> it's a good skill. It's a good skill to have. Uh, and it just it, comes naturally. Yeah, you it does. You don't have to try. It does. I don't... It just... My brain just works that way. Uh, Mine does not. <laughs> I cannot sing or play any instrument. <laughs> Okay, that was really funny. I enjoyed that a lot. So I guess a more serious question now. Both of you have taught news-related courses and have been in the field of journalism for a long time. I mean, broadcast meteorology is journalism, right? And I know that news is very important to both of you, so do you have any advice for some up-and-coming journalists or some young journalists like ourselves for our future careers, I guess? Where to begin? Oh, gosh. Um, Peter the first work on the thick skin develop a thick skin the internet is not real life social media is not real life um you know if somebody sends you a thread in the mail maybe take that seriously but otherwise don't worry about it don't engage uh find an outlet so you you're you want to go in this industry because you like to write wonderful uh find a creative writing outlet also or you know something else you can do where you can still sort of sharpen your skills but it's really easy to sort of just fall into where the business takes over your life Mm -hmm. and you kind of lose context you lose focus you know you 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 sort of lose a sense of all right what's actually important 
what's actually bad news versus what's just kind of a story that we can make go viral that uh, and is that's really hard to do in the in the sort of the media environment that we're in right now because it's the weirdest thing somehow everything is a thing but also nothing is a thing you know and, and how do you know what's you know how do you really how do you know what's really important to people right now it's very difficult to know if you look at your community on Facebook you're going to see a certain set of issues mm-hmm. if you look at Twitter you're going to see another set of issues maybe some overlap I don't know how you look at Snapchat or TikTok, but you should look at those things, right? <laughs> but how do you know what's the difference between sort of just a passing trend or when is there consensus? It's really difficult to to know that right now. And so I think you have to, it, now more than ever, you have to find that balance. And, and there are going to be pressures from the job that they want you on all the time. And whether that's social media mm-hmm. posting, which... Um, Certainly, Lindsay has to deal with with her students. You know, my, I, I, I encourage you to think about it from an economic perspective. If what you're doing is not directly impacting your bottom line and thus their bottom line, don't do it. Get it in con- get it in writing. Get it in the contract. If I if, if expectation is for me to do this, we need to have that written down where I initial it and you sign it. Otherwise, it's just free labor, and if I'm going to work for free, yeah. I'm going to do something I really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I try to encourage you to think about it not only from sort of a, a, a psychological perspective, mm-hmm. what's going to make you happy, but also from an economic perspective, because that's the reality of it. It's a hard industry to making make a living in initially, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you got to be committed to it, but there's the expectation that you're going to just go over and above. And I reject that. If, if, if you can do quality work, you can find a place for that quality work and still keep that work-life balance, which I think is important. Yeah, I think it's essentially, like, know your worth mm-hmm. and know that you're not a doormat. Yeah, you might be the youngest on the team, so you are going to have to fill in more or whatever that mm-hmm. may be. But you don't have to say yes to everything. And I mean, that's in every industry, you know? Yeah. You don't have to always say yes to mm-hmm. every ask from, you know, your team, your boss, whatever. And so know your worth. Know you can say no at some point because your mental health is so important. And you know, I deal with anxiety frequently, right? And I think it's important to talk about that and know that there are people in your profession that deal with that too, that you can talk to. You have mentors that maybe have been through it and reach out. Don't feel like you have to go through things alone. Um, And if something is really dragging you down, it's not worth it. Get out somewhere. (laughs) There are contract lawyers that can negotiate you out of contracts if you are mentally in a bad place being sexually assaulted whatever it may be right because that kind of stuff happens too especially for women in the industry um and women on tv right so know your worth and know that your mental health is is really should be your top priority because money isn't everything right Y'all both gave well great said. advice. Like, very well said, <laughs> both of you. I feel like it really is easy, though, in this industry to overwork yourself and to mm-hmm. always be on. I mean, I consider myself always on. I'm never not thinking about the reflector, honestly. I can yeah. literally. She's always up. Yeah. Always going. I see messages, like, 24-7 yeah. from Heather. And I'm thinking, like, is this sustainable in the long run? It is for a while. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But eventually, 
you burn out. And give yourself like a, a day to unplug or something like that, right? Like yeah. your, your off days, you shouldn't be on social media unless you just are in love with social media. Right. But it's okay to, to log out and turn that off and turn your notifications off, especially if it's your off day. Right. The, the adage when I was in school was always, you know, throw away your television. I say, throw away your phone, turn the TV on, sit back, watch some good stuff. You know, I'm not talking about turning on the news. No, don't about, do that. <laughs> stream something, you know, just just disconnect and enjoy it and, and appreciate some art and, and relax and disengage. That it's It can be uh, really helpful in terms of, of keeping that balance and... and then you can sort of re-engage and get back in and be committed and then do it again. But you, you're going to have to take it initially. Like, no one's going to say, well, here, we want you to, to take it easy. We want you to go. You're going to have to say, no, I'm off today. Call somebody else. Next time I'm on, you need me, I'm here for you. But not today. Bye-bye. <laughs> it, it can be tough to do that initially. I mean, we, we deal with that. It's hard to be like, mm, no, not doing that. Find somebody else. Uh, can be difficult, but it's, it really is. And I, you said it well about knowing your worth and, and understanding your your role in the economic health of the organization. Um, once you get an understanding of that, then you kind of know where you can push and where you can disengage. And, and if you're doing good work, nothing bad is going to happen to you. Once you establish those boundaries, mm-hmm. if you're doing good work, you're going to be okay. That was really, really good advice. (laughs) Definitely will take it to heart. Okay, lastly, for our segment with you guys, I have a fun kind of question. Dr. Poe. (laughs) No, no, no. It's it's not like a newlywed (laughs) one. But Dr. Poe, did you know that you're the third highest rated professor on Rate My Professor? Who's ahead of me? Uh, I think some people like in other departments. I'm trying to, I don't know exactly. It's probably been. But you've been in the top rankings since I've been here, oh, since yeah, freshman same. year. What does that mean? I don't know. Do actually still do those websites? Do people go? Oh, yeah. And they, oh, they yeah, you had some reviews from December 2021. Wow. Did I? Yes. So your average rating is 4.8. Or no, your rating is 4.8. I should. I just had my <laughs> annual review yesterday and I didn't check rate my professor. So you have a 4.8 of quality rating and then the average rating is 3.6. And you also have 100% would take again. Here's my favorite review that you got. <laughs> Five stars. I love Dr. Poe. For all for the love of all things green on this earth, go to lab. <laughs> you get one skip and you really do not need to use it. His lectures get a little lengthy sometimes, but he's a nice guy. He has an excellent beard. <laughs> he's so willing to work and answer all questions. Go to class for pop quizzes almost every week. That was my favorite. Nice. You also had a lot of comments about your beard. Like, it killed me how many comments people were like, he has an excellent beard. It's such an odd thing to focus on, but... It makes me wonder, like, did you say something in your lectures for people to review you like that, or (laughs) is that just a complete coincidence? I wish that student would talk to the student who ripped me apart last year because I, uh, I don't know what I, I I was accused of saying that I didn't care how they did in class and don't, don't email me with questions or something like that. Like, I may have said those words, but not in that order. <laughs> certainly not in the context. So I need yeah. to get those two people to talk. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, no, so it's nice. probably been a good five years since I have. I, I try to stay away from, you know, reading <laughs> evaluations. Anonymous choice, yeah. evaluations. Very, very difficult. Probably another reason why I'm not that engaged on social media. 
uh, because I'm, you know, afraid of what <laughs> say about me if I open myself up to it. So I try to stay away from it. Well, you yeah. had good reviews. I just checked for you. You didn't have any. Sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah. We'll tell people to <laughs> review you. Yeah. Her, her students have better things to do than talk about their professors on the internet. Well, and right? you can only take me. You know, yeah. it's not like, what are their yeah. ratings going to do? Oh, well, she's, they're not going to get me fired. She's so. the only game in town. <laughs> that's yeah, I, I teach a, a sequenced class, mm-hmm. so they, they sort of have to take me. Yeah. Of course. Uh, when they're three years out, who do they call? They call her. They don't call me. So <laughs> you take what you can get, I guess. <laughs> that was all for our segment with you guys, but you were going to stay on the rest for the rest of our little chit-chat. Yes. Next, we're going to move into story updates. So if you want to know more about medical marijuana in Mississippi, check out our mini-sode that's going to be posted. It'll be last Thursday for you guys listening and tomorrow for us in the present. But, yeah. So check that out. We have everything past, present, future, all streamlined. It's like 10 minutes long. Very easy. And then next we have the ones that got away. I think she's going to be a weekly segment now, unfortunately, for this news editor. But um, there is a talk. Tell them what that is. Oh, sorry. The ones that I forgot. Y'all don't know. The ones that got away is what didn't make the paper this week. So since I'm the news editor, I get to choose what goes in my section. A lot of stuff doesn't make it. All right. The ones that got away. So Sasha Turner is an associate professor of history at Johns Hopkins, and she gave a speech, or she's giving a speech on February 12th. And I wanted to be part of, like, the Black History Month celebration, but nobody claimed that article. Didn't have time to write it myself, so it's like a really just got away. presentation. I, I read the little write-up about it. Yeah, I thought it would be really like interesting. I know. Maybe I'll go for fun. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. it just, yeah. it got away. It got away. So next up, we have Emma's Opinion Corner. So Yay! I am the opinion editor for The Reflector, and I usually just do a bunch of little opinions. So for the first thing we do is a hot take. Ooh. So for this one, I've been waiting to use this one specifically for people who are, like, journalism-centered. Uh-huh. And my hot take is Oxford commas are great and AP style is dumb for not using them. A hundred percent. I agree with you on that. I, so I like the Oxford comma. I think it's I don't okay. Have an opinion. I don't write. I don't write. Yeah. I, we we ad lib, right? Mm-hmm. So on TV we ad libs. I don't really have an opinion. I don't think I'm it should sorry. be an outright ban. When it's necessary, it should be proper. I just think it should be the normal because I think it adds clarity in most instances. And and that's that the what, point of the comma? That's what AP is. Yeah, like yeah. the comma adds comma clarity. Comma exists for clarity. So I thought that should be I think. Are there any other like AP rules that you find to be kind of dumb? Or don't make sense? <laughs> I'm sure he has like a laundry yeah. list. Come on right now is is the use of academic titles mm-hmm. uh, just because it hurts, it hurts my ego that, you know, we don't get to call you Dr. Poe in the paper. Dr. Quackenstein gets to be called a, <laughs> yeah. a doctor, but I don't. Uh, that that one is more of a personal opinion. But I don't understand why I can't be called Dr. Poe in the paper. I don't get that either. <laughs> yeah, but that's what they say. So like I say it's a, it's a rule for everybody, right? And I always give that example in class that it you know we, we, the point is to sort of treat everybody equally unless you're a medical doctor. But as we have maybe learned over the last couple of years, Having the designation of MD maybe doesn't mean what we once thought. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah, so that's just my brief little thing for that. And I so, agree. It adds a lot of clarity. We use it for the podcast. We can't use it for reflector, but. Yeah. No, it pains me when I'm editing and I have to take it out. And I'm like, oh, but it would be so good. Especially for, like, longer ideas. I know. I know. Yeah. But it's when you have to implement the semicolon. It is. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the next thing we have is a film review. I don't know if y'all are super into film or not, but I am. Yeah, let's hear it. I decided to watch a rom-com. It's called Roman Holiday from 1953. We're doing kind of a Valentine's Day special for the reflector, mm -hmm. so I thought that would be kind of a good option. And also just highlight something that maybe not everybody has seen. Mm -hmm. I feel like most people watch just the bad ones that come out on Netflix now, and they don't really know what... <laughs> It came from mm -hmm. where those roots were. Yeah. And so I watched it. Oh, there's my phone. So I just wanted to ask first, do either of y'all like rom-coms? Are they not your thing? Are they your thing? Oh, I mean, I definitely do. I mean, some of them are terrible. Of but, course. But yeah, I am... I'm always good for something that I don't have to think about, right? Like, I, I think that's that. what a, a rom-com mm -hmm. is. You don't have to, like, think about what you're watching. You don't get anxious. Mm -hmm. You don't have a bunch of feelings. Because I like that. I like watching those kind of shows, too. You know, mm -hmm. we, we love watching a murder mystery or, you know, or something like yeah. that. But um, I don't watch a whole lot of movies these days, though. I mean, the last movie I watched several times was Encanto because... Lucas. Yes. <laughs> Which is an excellent movie. She reviewed that one too a few weeks ago. I really liked it. Yeah, so um, so that's the last movie. <laughs> Would y'all say like TV shows are more of your thing then? Yeah. What have y'all been watching lately? Oh boy. Mm. We just finished White Lotus on HBO. I've seen some of that. It was okay. It was fine. Kept our attention. I heard some things. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was fine. Um, and then we just started Nine Perfect Strangers, which is basically the Hulu version of White Lotus, mm -hmm. sort of. Same. I will okay. keep watching it, but I I don't think it's gonna change my life. <laughs> um, it's so funny because we watch a lot of TV, and then someone asks us yeah. this, and then we can't think of any of the shows that we watch. That's just always like, how it goes. Yeah. I love Guy Fieri. Yeah, we so. watch a lot of food. Oh TV. yes, yeah. Welcome to yes. Yeah. yeah, I love um, Guy Fieri's so personal idol. So next level one. chef is yeah. what we're watching right now, food TV wise. That's a good one. Um, Colleen. What did we watch before that? Uh, Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yeah, that was oh really nice. Good. That's a good show. Good show. Yeah, it was really good. Really liked Very good that. show. Especially if you're kind of, uh, if you're like podcast proficient, you know, you sort of understand because it it's kind of a spoof on a podcast because mm -hmm. it's a podcast show. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Selena Gomez was... I saw she was in it. She's actress. awesome. <laughs> she hasn't done it in a while, and she just kind of came back. Yeah. yeah. I really had no clue who she was. I mean, I recognized her name, but I didn't know anything about the, mm -hmm. you know, teeny bopper past show. or anything. She does. Yeah. She does. Wow. Um, what channel? Uh, what streaming service? I don't remember, but she like zooms in or invites a chef to come teach her how to hmm. cook a dish. Yeah. This is the first I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard of that. She's she's excellent in that yeah, show. Yeah, she is. Really good. Watch cool. that. I can't, I don't know what the last sort of prestige series we watched before that was. I had to watch And Just Like That because I watched all of Sex in the City years ago. Mm -hmm. So I've heard it was very bad. <laughs> like, I want to see what they're wearing like I did yeah. back then. Yeah. And um, it's interesting to see the new cast members that they have because they're all pretty popular actresses and actors mm -hmm. elsewhere, but it's not like good TV, right? Yeah. It's not particularly good, so. Yeah. But that's what I want. Oh, Schitt's Creek. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yes. yes. That's what I was thinking. I, I've been oh, watching it at night, but my, yeah, Schitt's Creek is what I watch when I'm laying in bed, because it used to be The Office. Oh, yeah. I got the DVD set for, well, my sister got it for her birthday, but we share it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's not, yeah. 
I do love you some shit. Shit's Creek. It's, it's a really funny really show. Really good show. My whole family's gotten into it. Yeah, and you can say shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now let's get into the plot. So I, I actually wrote the kind of thing for this, but I'll just read a brief bit. So Gregory Peck is one of the people that stars in this. He portrays Joe Bradley, who is a journalist down on his luck and is presented with a career-changing story. After taking in a mysterious drunk woman, who happens to actually be drugged, uh, in overnight. And so the following day, he discovers that this mysterious woman in the apartment is actually a princess, played by Audrey Hepburn. Mm -hmm. And she's gone missing during her European tour. She just ran away. She's like, I'm done with this. I'm tired of it. I need a break. And so once he comes to this realization, he's like, wow, this could be a really big story for me. I could finally get out of Rome and go back to New York where I want to be. And so all my problem is, is Princess Anne's like, I don't want to do that. I, she says, I'm some, somebody else. She says, I'm not that person who you think I am. And I'm just going to go hang out in Rome. And so she's like enjoying a brunch with some champagne and just stuff like that. And so they just kind of go around. And Bradley's kind of in a panic at this point. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my story. She's not with me. So he's sneakily just kind of following around and bumps into her. And just ends up being her tour guide after some lucky timing. Mm -hmm. And then they go on a holiday together that they'll never forget. And it just kind of goes into all of that stuff. So it was directed by William Wyler. He actually ended up directing them in separate films later in their career. And this was also Audrey Hepburn's first American film. So she's actually from Belgium. Oh, I didn't know that. And didn't make her debut that. here. This was her first American debut. Oh, so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is really cool. And she cool. actually ended up winning an Oscar for it. <laughs> so first film here, and she got an Oscar. We also got Best Story for Dalton Trumbo, who he's actually someone that's pretty hot in the kind of world because he was on the blacklist yeah. during that time. There's a movie about him called Trumbo from 2015 and he's part of the Hollywood 10 which was a group of screenwriters and directors who refused to testify with being a part of the communist party mm -hmm. oh. in the 1940s so that what was could you do in your of, research it was all kind of interesting <laughs> I, when I saw his name I was like that sounds interesting because I had watched that movie a while back mm -hmm. and so they got that and then they also got costume design for black and white they actually differentiated between black and white and color at that time oh interesting so I just thought it was a very interesting film, and it, you can kind of see just how everything built from that. You can see the, where the tropes come from, yeah. why they're tropes, and different things like that. And it challenges kind of the stereotypes of what women can do and cannot do. Kind of what The Crown touches on now. I don't know if you'll ever watch that. Oh, yeah. But it kind of talked about how they were tired of royalty and kind mm -hmm. of just wish they could have a normal life. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what Audrey Hepburn portrays in this. And then it also just says, money and status can't give you happiness. You also need to have other fulfilling things, which we've kind of talked about yeah, today. Yeah. So enjoy the little things like your champagne in the mid-afternoon. <laughs> in Rome. Because life isn't worth living for that. <laughs> so yeah. Also, speaking of the Oscars, Oscar nominations came out yesterday. I don't know if y'all were invested in that, but Twitter was blowing up. Oh, no. Not my Twitter that I was on. Yeah. Okay, well, you're apparently on the wrong side, then. I'm on news Twitter. I think I did see that they came out, but I didn't look I at I saw that they came out, and I saw the list, and I recognize, well, so I wanted, I want to watch the Year of the Dog or the Power. Oh, Power of the Dog, Power I think. Power of the Dog, thank you. I, I saw the trailer for it on Netflix, and I said, that looks cool. I watched it. It actually did seem cool. I haven't um, seen it yet, either. But I haven't watched it. I, we just don't. It's not that I don't like movies or we don't like movies. We just tend to, when it's our TV time, we tend to watch TV because yes. we will watch movies with, with our kids. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it's it's probably been 15 years since I was like when the Oscar list came out, I'd seen everything. On the oh wow! And I yeah. used to be that way. <laughs> There's you know, a good I, bit I've I still seen haven't it. seen for this list like, either. It, it's probably been five years since I've seen a Best Picture winner. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing so, against it. It's just not mm-hmm. how I spend my time anymore. You know. So I'm intrigued to see what happens with that. Absolutely. I was kind of sad about some of the things because uh, there was one, The Harder They Fall, is something I watched. It was kind of a Western type of Tarantino type film, uh-huh. but it was a different kind of view of it. I actually reviewed that another time, and it was. For kind of a black lens view of it. Oh, yeah, of I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. Now, I thought it was going to be nominated, but it wasn't. Yeah. So. Rip. Rip. Yeah. I get more interested in the Emmy nominations because right. yeah. we typically yeah. know those. <clears throat> you know, so. Yeah, so that's all for my little section. Next up, we have our crazy story of the week. Oh. Back to me. The SWAT team had to get involved this week. So this is from WCBI. It's by Joey Barnes. Thank you. He also writes a lot of articles that we talk about. That's my TV tag. The SWAT team had to get involved. So in Loundis County, which is where Columbus is, it's about 25 minutes away from Starkville, if you're not familiar with the area, a man named Joseph Fenton, who police believed to be armed and dangerous, was wanted for possessing a weapon as a felon. So he was basically just running around and people were very scared. And the sheriff, Eddie Hawkins, said that he had, Fenton had 23 prior felony arrests, including aggravated assault. So he was wanted, right? So this happened on February 3rd. Then on February 7th, Starkville Police Department tweeted that SWAT team members had to arrest felon, or Fenton. And the department said that he complied and easily surrendered. And this happened at a hotel on Highway 182 in Starkville. So he was, uh, you know, he came down the he came down the highway and, you know, decided. Yeah, I was like, I wonder what hotel that is. It's right there. But uh, that's our crazy story of the week. He is in custody. The siren. I mean, so we have this joke. We we sort of live right just on the north side of town, just on the north side of 182, and you can. We, we just, where we live, you can hear things, right? So we yes. can hear the stadium, we can hear the baseball stadium, we can sometimes hear the, the, the chapel. Mm-hmm. You can hear sirens. It I hear like sirens all the time. Um, district, so I hear it all the, the thing time. is, in Starkville, you cannot base the severity of the incident on the number of Mm-mm. of sirens or police response. They all, because they, it's all in, pull yeah. out, everything. It is. It's every time. I know. cars with sirens. Fender bender, seven cars. I know. I'm like, do I need to be on breaking news alert, or is this just like a regular? I know. Sometimes I hear sirens, and I'm like, should I tell Heather? Should I not even worry about it? I just like have anxiety for like an hour until I figure out what's going on. Just that's the best way to do it, I guess. Be on alert, but know that it's probably nothing. They just don't have anything else to do right now. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, I think I saw you guys did a story on like. Gun violence. Yes, yes. Top right now. Yes, I had that idea. So I was thinking, like, I've heard a lot of shootings happening. I've heard Mm -hmm. a lot of just violence going on. But I've only lived here for three years, so I didn't know if that was typical. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Hannah, I want you to figure out if this is a rise or if this is just regular Starkville. We're just young. We don't know any better. Well, it turned out there was a rise, and I was like, wow. Yeah. But that was some really good work that she did. Yeah, we talked about gun violence, too, for one of our episodes. Mm-hmm. Just the crime. Just kind of the rise in, mm-hmm, <laughs> in Mississippi. And I don't know if y'all knew, but Jackson is officially the most violent city yeah. in America. So. Yep. And it's, uh, you know, you could, you could spend multiple podcasts mm-hmm. trying to get to the root of that know. problem. But, I, you know, I think here in Starkville, it's 
if we are sort of a bubble, or it seems like we're a bubble, mm -hmm. and maybe a lot of us sort of purposefully live in a bubble, mm -hmm. uh, and then we just occasionally run into the results of some of these systemic problems that we don't really yeah. engage with the actual systemic problems themselves, even though it might be, you know, it's a mile away or, or yeah. two miles away. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to sort of just, eh, oh, that's not, that's not my reality yeah. because I'm here as a student. And, mm -hmm. and I don't know if there's anything you can do about it per se, but to be cognizant of it, to be informed, I think it's, yeah. it's certainly something. Uh, and then we can, you know, wait for our state leadership to figure it out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. At all. I do like. We do. Yep, we do. We do. Yeah, I do like being in the news business now, and just I feel more connected. I know so much more stuff than the average twenty-year-old walking on campus. Yeah. Like, if people need to know anything about the news, they ask me. Ask and her I'm, about ARPA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I just like I love that, and I love that you mentioned that as well. Yeah. So on that kind of positive, not so positive <laughs> note. Sorry, I ruined it. We no, always forget to end on a positive. We note. always leave off on the worst note. Yeah. Sorry, guys, but we had the pose on the pod, so. We kind of have a positive note. We're doing a giveaway, so we're gonna give away this little mug right here. If you're watching on our YouTube, you can see. We'll have some little Valentine's candy. We'll make it all cute for you. A little cutesy. And we have a secret code. If you're listening or if you're watching, you can email us or you can DM us Raven, and you'll get an extra entry in the contest. I like that. Yeah, the post. Never I was thinking. <laughs> what is this gently rapping, tapping? <laughs> yes. So, yes, if y'all send that to us, you get an extra entry. We'll also be doing something on social media that yes. you can enter there. It started on Sunday. And, again, the code is Raven, R-A-V-E-N. On that note, make sure you also rate, review, and subscribe to On The Scene so we can hear some feedback. We love to hear back from you guys. You can also follow us on social media at On The Scene Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes, we'll be posting on there. And you can also email us on the scene pod at gmail.com if you want to be on the show, if you have any hot takes, questions, comments, or if you want to be a sponsor. You want to throw some money our way? Give us some money. <laughs> 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 and then lastly, we're just going to promo the reflector. So you can follow the reflector at reflector online, reflector-online.com. And we have a legislative issue coming out tomorrow for you guys listening. And then last week we had a Valentine's Day issue. So you definitely want to keep up with us because we're really trying to do some fun stuff here. Yeah. So stay tuned. And that was all That's for us. It. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having us on. Bye. <laughs>